0: Amen, amen. I'm glad you've joined us for our online service on this Memorial Weekend. Welcome. As we gather, get your Bibles ready. You can open it up to Matthew chapter 5, as we'll continue with the Sermon on the Mount. But as I do at this time in the service, I give some announcements, and I uh, want to run through those announcements uh, for you. Uh, a couple things is number one. Uh, that uh, those of you who picked up the craft pickups yesterday, uh, you can continue to do that because they're out front. They are in a container by the front door, so you can stop by. And uh, if you weren't able to do that, you can get those crafts. Also, uh, we'll give more information on it, but since we weren't able to do our Vacation Bible School, which was scheduled for the first of June. Uh, we had to cancel that, of course, because of the current situation. Uh, we are gonna get ready a Vacation Bible School at home, and we're gonna to put together kits, so you can do it with your kids, or as the Lord leads you, invite a few neighborhood kids or family members or friends or whoever to come, and you can have Vacation Bible School at home. So. We'll have more information on that. Uh, It'll include a DVD of worship, uh, teaching, gospel presentation, craft kits, game ideas, Uh, enough for up to 10 kids because uh, that seems to be the number right now and then pray about how you might do that and who you might invite so you can email Barbara for more information if you want a kit and the number of kids that you want as we move forward in this of course Barbara's email barbarafiggs at ccgreely.com to remind you on our webpage calvarychapelgreely.org many of you are listening uh, on our website right now Uh, but uh, you can go to the staff and all our emails are there. So you can email Barbara, you can email Luke uh, for uh, youth uh, information because uh, they are planning ahead for June 30th through July 1st, uh, YMCA, the Rocky, the youth retreat, the theme is worth. And uh, so you can email him on that and all the information. Uh, I believe it's on our webpage. It's been on our e-bulletin. And so that is available for you. So parents, uh, be sure to uh, get a hold of Luke for that. And you can also call us to here at the church because we're here. Uh, we haven't closed since um, all this began in March. Uh, we've been here and, and uh, we're uh, certainly going to continue to be here. Uh, Luke's teaching is under media tab on the website for the youth. He wanted me to remind you of that. And then also, as we continue with um, some announcements, first of all, I I don't want everything that's going on with uh, trying to figure out, you know, where we're going to move forward in the summer. I don't want to forget this weekend to remember our men and women of our military that gave their ultimate sacrifice for our nation. So we're very grateful for that. We remember them this weekend and we're very grateful and thankful for our men and women that serve in our military, defending our nation, defending our way of life and uh, our freedoms thank you we're very grateful and those who have served in the military our veterans we are very grateful to you as well so uh, we want to take time we want to pray for our nation today we want to pray for those who are in our military a couple weeks ago i was uh, telling you that in the middle of may is police week and usually every year they have a peace officer memorial to remember the first responders of peace officers that died in the line of duty, and we weren't able to do that this year for many years. uh, I helped uh, the Well County Sheriff's Office put that together and officiate that, and uh, so this year we weren't able to do that, but continue to pray, not only for our fine men and women in the military, uh, but for our first responders, those peace officers, Uh, pray for our firefighters, those who are paramedics, We need to continue to pray for those who are in the medical field that are on the front lines of this pandemic, those working in the nursing homes, those who are in the stores stocking the shelves, working, um, those who are in the restaurant making food for us. We need to remember that and and them uh, that they are uh, truly doing a service for us. Uh, That is a tremendous blessing. So we'll take time to do that here in just a moment. Um, Also, uh, one other thing a couple other things one is some have received an email from me asking for money Uh, that has happened before Uh, and if you ever get an email from me asking for money of any sort it is not from me Uh, I'll never ask for money and uh, Calvary Chapel Greeley we've never asked for money and uh, so you can delete those and you know we have to go through and change everything and and um, try, you know, it just happens. And so anytime that you get an email or a text or something that's supposedly from me or something's on Facebook or whatever with my name on it asking for money, it is not from me. And then also, very important announcement that I wanna make, uh, we all have been wondering, when are we gonna be able to do in-person services? And we here, the staff has been praying and the pastoral staff, we have been talking and praying over the last few weeks. And, and there's so much out there. There's so much to consider. And when you look at it, we want to look at it through the lens of Scripture. And you know that I've always said that. Uh, there's a lot of voices that are out there. There's a lot of opinions there's a lot of information that's out there. It's very confusing and it seems like it's not getting any better. Uh, When this first started, they said that wearing a mask uh, would not be helpful. Now they have mandatory, you know, uh, having to wear masks in some places in Colorado, some cities, um, workers and all of that. So we see that taking place. Uh, there were those who said at the beginning that uh, you need to disinfect everything and wipe everything down. Now they're saying that the virus doesn't really survive what they thought on um, surfaces. Uh, you have the federal government, you have the governor making directives. You have the county officials. You have the mayors. It's all very, very confusing trying to sort it all out, and I know that you've been doing the same thing, but there's one voice that we want to hear from, and that is from the Lord, and so we have been in prayer. We have talked about it. Initially, we are talking about opening up in-person service, on June the 7th, uh, waiting for the governor uh, who has not addressed us. Um, the other thing that's very confusing is 10 miles down the street, Larimer County, the next county, that they can have church. They've been given permission to do that, and um, you know the guidelines are there. Douglas County, uh, Eagle County, uh, I know some of the pastors that are there, uh, that they've been given that variance, but we here in Well County, we're just kinda waiting And uh, so pastors have been trying their very best to decide what to do, what is best, because the Bible says we're to be subject to the governing authorities, whether we like that or not. That's what the Bible says. And Peter writes that you're to be subject to, to every ordinance of the king so we can li- live peaceably, so we can be a witness. So you have that part of it. And then the Bible also talks about the importance of us being in fellowship. Um, the early church, four things that they did in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, after the birth of the church, they continued in the word of God, in breaking bread, in prayer, and in fellowship, koinonia. And you see, God made us the fellowship with him that's so important, and to fellowship with one another. And as this continues to where we don't have in-person service, I know that the church is in us. It's not in the building. But fellowship is still very, very important. And as we continue to go longer, I hear from people, I talk with people, I pray with people, that there's more of a sense of, of, of uh, lost hope. There, there's a need to be in a place where they can be encouraged in the things of the Lord and be prayed for. So this week, uh, as the president, our president, uh, said that he uh, deemed churches to be essential and to open up immediately, we have made the decision to move that up to where we're going to start in-person services next week on May the 31st. Um, we are going to do that. And um, He is the highest authority in the land, so we're going to go with it. And um, we have the pastoral staff. We prayed about it. This was, you know, just a couple days ago when the news came out. It was on Friday. My phone blew up uh, with people texting me and emailing me uh, with this information. And um, so we're going to go ahead and do in-person service starting next week. We are gonna be preparing this week for that. So we've moved that up uh, to where we wanna start that. I don't know what the governor's gonna say as far as you know compliance and all of that for the rest of the counties, uh, but we have the CDC recommendations. We are going to do this very carefully. And that's one of the things that I've always wanted to do is we wanna open up peaceably. We wanna open up responsibly and safely because Um, This is is real, this COVID-19, and and I know that some of you have been affected by it uh, directly, your family, and and I know that it has caused uh, a lot of difficulty, Um, not just physically, but economically, emotionally, and I believe that the church is essential. And we haven't left, we've been here, we've been able to do online, we've been on the radio, but we feel like it's time to do in-service starting next week. Now, it's not gonna be like it was, and I don't think anybody expects that. We are gonna still do it with the recommendations of, of the CDC trying to keep people safe. One of the recommendations that I'm reading that even the governor has said and even as the um, CDC has uh, put out, that if you can do an outdoor service where there's open ventilation, that they think that that is um, the safest way that you can do. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do two services at 8.30 and at 10.30, and we're gonna open up the backyard. We're gonna do social distancing, Uh, to where you're with your family. We are not gonna have nursery open. We are not gonna have children's ministry right now. Not until we get better guidelines of how classes can come together. And um, I know that that's a big uh, issue right now with schools in the fall and how they're gonna do it, how to have classrooms. But uh, you're gonna be with your family and you can come in the back and you can spread out. So bring your lawn chair, bring your umbrella, uh bring you know your um you know um, sun tan or whatever you know uh uh sunscreen is what I'm trying to say uh as well. Bring your hats, uh whatever it is. We're gonna try to keep service at an hour. Um and then also we will have the chairs spread out in the sanctuary. For those of you who do not want to be outside at all, and there's only a certain amount of seating that will be in the sanctuary, we're going to ask that you do not move the chairs, and also in the coffee shop, where a few can uh, be there, so you can watch it on the screen. We're going to live stream the services for those of you, listen, that Don't feel safe coming out. That is okay. If you've got a compromised immune system, you're just not ready to come out and be with crowds. Um, You're not ready to come to in-person service. I've talked to people that they have told me that and they uh, have relayed that to me. That is okay. We want to support you. We want to pray for you. And if you don't feel comfortable coming... Then, then that's okay. We're gonna continue the online service, and Wednesday night, we're gonna continue online. We will not be doing in-person service on Wednesday night for right now until we can you know, figure out how we can do that as well. Because you know we got a, a fairly small facility, and uh, we can only get so many people in here safely. Uh, We will not have coffee, we will not be serving donuts, Uh, we'll have people stationed, you come in one way, you're going to leave another way, and so I know that this is a lot, And, and we probably won't do it perfectly, but one of the things that I do ask, a couple things, number one, be praying for us as we prepare. We're going to try to do service 8.30 to 9.30, and then in between, before the 10.30 service, We're going to be wiping things down, disinfecting, cleaning in between. So uh, the next group that comes in at 1030 and uh, we'll have ushers, we'll have people kind of, you know, uh, ushering you in, Uh, we'll have signs, we'll have arrows, we'll, we'll figure it out more this week uh, to where you can come in and, and get together. We're also going to, uh, we, one of the things that we recommend is that you wear a mask, Uh, I am going to require the staff that that we wear a a mask. I will have one, but I'm not gonna teach through it. But we're just trying to be sensitive. We we want to be sensitive to you. We want to be safe uh, as we can. Uh, We're gonna ask that you be sensitive in our liberty, that we are to do our liberty in sensitivity and uh, out of love, out of love for others. Uh, Just keep that in mind. And uh, also to, you know, just be sensitive because we're going to all be kind of wondering, do do we embrace, do we, you know, say hello, Uh, listen. Just just be sensitive to others um, as we gather together. And, you know, one of the things that all of us have realized is we've got to live with this. And we're going to have to learn to live with this. But I believe that it's time for us to have in-person service And uh, we'll go over, you know, there's only going to be one person at a time or one family at a time in the bathrooms, all all these things. And I know it seems overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Um, But uh, we're going to be calling people. If you want to help, uh, you know, help disinfect or clean uh, before service, after service, in between services, uh, please give us a call. Let us know. Um, But it's time. It's time. It's time for us to get together. And it it has been difficult, it has been hard. Um, I pray that we never have to go through this again, but I don't know if we ever will. I I don't know what the future holds, but we're gonna take it a week at a time, amen? And we're going to gather, I can't wait to see people. Even though we may have a mask on, even though we have to practice social distancing, um, I miss you all very terribly and looking forward to you guys coming. It makes us realize how important the church is, doesn't it? The church is so important, and and for us to have these relationships. So please be praying. Second of all, be patient. Please be patient. Uh, You know, there's, again, so many voices that are out there um, that uh, we are going to go and move forward in what God wants us to do, And we want to hear his voice. So 8.30, this Wednesday, online. We'll continue online. Wednesday night's going through the book of Jeremiah. And then on Sunday, starting next week on the 31st, in person, 8.30, 10.30. And we'll be in the backyard. We'll be on the back deck, um, open air. Um, We feel like uh, we're going to be able to accommodate uh, more in that way. And we're looking forward to it. All right? Father, we do ask that you would just bless this time as we go over some verses here in the Word of God. And first of all, I, I want to pray for our nation on this memorial weekend. I want to first of all thank you for the men and women that serve in our military. I thank you for their sacrifice, their commitment, their good work. And Lord, we remember the men and women that... Bef- for this time have given the ultimate sacrifice in defending our nation all throughout its history defending our freedoms and lord we remember them this weekend and lord we also remember as this week uh, this month that is uh, a couple weeks ago was um, police week and peace officer memorials that weren't able to gather but we do remember those who lost their lives, uh, those in our law enforcement who paid the ultimate sacrifice, keeping our community safe. So we pray for them, that those in blue, those who wear the badge and, and those who wear the shield. That we're on the local level, the, the county, the state, the federal levels, we pray for your hand to be upon them, that you would bless them, protect them, We thank you for their commitment to to good, even as they're called um, ministers of God. And Lord, we also just want to pray for our first responders, firefighters that are out there, and and paramedics, but also those who are working in the hospitals and in the medical field, and those that are working with patients, and, and those nurses and doctors and support staff. We thank you that they've been there, committed, taking care of people in this difficult time. We pray for those who are in the stores that are stocking the shelves. And, and Lord, there as we go and get food and those things that are essential. We pray for those that are now as they're going out into the, the, the workforce. And, and um, Lord, that you would just protect us and keep us safe. And Lord, I just pray for churches as they begin to open up. And I know many are, and even some today, are doing in-person services. And as pastors are praying about it, and, and Lord, um, it's something that we've never had to face before. That you would lead them and guide them by your spirit and by your word. And Lord, I thank you for the church. I pray that we never have to go through this again. But Lord, you ordained this. You allowed this to happen for a reason, to work. The church is not dead. You've ministered in families to to individuals to help us to grow, to be a light and salt to others, and we want to continue to do that. And even though as we gather, we pray for wisdom, protection upon this place as your people gather together, those who feel comfortable and desire to do that, and Lord, I do pray that you would um, just uh, give everyone a peace that rules in their hearts, whether to come and be in fellowship or continue to do online. Lord, we love them, whatever decision that, that they make. And Lord, we've been having to make decisions that we didn't think we would ever have to make in, in these months. But I also pray for those who are feeling down and discouraged and those who uh, are are. Going through tribulations and and difficulties financially, emotionally, spiritually. Lord, that you would bring comfort. And Father, we know that you are faithful. And we know that you want to use us in the days in which we're in. I just pray that you would bless this teaching right now. As as we go through a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. And Lord, uh, may we rejoice. May we, Lord, look to you. Oh, Lord, you are so faithful. So help us be attentive. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So as we find ourselves in the heart of what is called the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus in the area of Galilee as the multitudes have been gathering Keep in mind that as uh, Jesus began his public ministry, that in chapter 4 of Matthew, that it tells us that great multitudes, and that is a phrase that you see the gospel writers use, great multitudes, would gather there in the Galilee region, uh, thousands upon thousands a PEOPLE ON ANY GIVEN DAY THERE IN THE GALILEE REGION AND JESUS HAD BEEN HEALING THEM OF EVERY KIND OF SICKNESS AND DISEASE FREEING THE DEMONIACS AND AS WE MOVED INTO CHAPTER FIVE WE SAW THAT HE THEN GOES UP AS HE SAW THE MULTITUDE HE WOULD THEN GO UP ON A MOUNTAIN HE WOULD SIT DOWN HIS DISCIPLES WOULD COME TO HIM and he would begin to teach his disciples, which is recorded in all of chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. It's the longest teaching of Jesus that we have. And then as he's teaching, the multitudes begin to come up, seeing Jesus up there, make their way up the mountain. Because at the end of chapter 7, we will see that the multitude, hearing Jesus, would marvel That is teaching. Teaching is one who has authority. But let's pick up uh, our text as we ended at verse 33 of Matthew chapter 5. As Jesus' teaching says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne." nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So Jesus is telling us that we shouldn't have to take an oath to affirm what you are saying is true. And Jesus gives A good practical lesson here and that is that you and I keep it simple. Give clarity, be honest, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. In other words, you and I as Christians, we should be trustworthy. And what was happening that the religious leaders at this time, that they would give oaths, they would swear by Jerusalem, they would swear by the earth, they would swear by their head. But I didn't swear by God. And, and so I'm released by this oath that I gave. And it was deceiving, and they were playing games uh, in that way. And, and so it ought not to be with us Christians. Jesus is saying this: that you let your yes be yes, let your no be no. When you say yes, you follow through. And if you say no, that's okay, but be trustworthy, be a man or woman of your word. And it is okay to say no at times. Sometimes we can be pressured into thinking, oh, I don't really want to do this, but maybe if it works out, I'll, you know, maybe I'll get back with you. I'll, I'll think about it. You can say no. It's okay to say no. Uh, I, I can't at this time. I can't commit to this. I can't you know, promise you this. Um, I won't be able to do this. I can't do this thing right now. I can't go there so don't be afraid to say no and when you say yes then be one that you do what you say uh, that you are going to do that you've committed to we should be uh, a man or woman of our word uh, and a person who means what you, you say and say what you mean and so here is is we see this this is something that we are to practice Listen, people should look at you and me and say, that is a person that is trustworthy, that I can count on, that when they make a commitment, they keep their commitments. And we need to teach our children this as well. It's an important lesson for them, not to make excuses, not to just, you know, ignore. But when we say yes, then let our yes be yes. And when we say no, let our no be no. You know, this was a a very important lesson that I learned in my life after college when I was living, and maybe perhaps I've told this story when you've been teaching as long as I have. uh, I know that sometimes I'll tell the same story uh, more than once, but uh, I was thinking about this as going over this text, but when I got out of college, I was working for the State Forest Service. In Black Forest, and I rented a place from an elderly couple there in the Black Forest, a little cottage on 20 acres, and this elderly couple, they were one of the first uh, people to build up in the Black Forest, and as uh, they had a company uh, in Colorado Springs, he was a businessman, that got older, they had a little uh, carriage house that they made into um, a residence, and uh, so they rented that out to me, 100 bucks a month on 20 acres, very beautiful. But one of the arrangements was that uh, as uh, the lady who lived there, her husband had emphysema, she was taking care of him. Uh, she would ask whoever was staying there to help them out in watering the garden, in chopping you know, wood, getting wood for the winter, uh, anything that needed to be done. So I made that agreement, okay, I will do that. Well, in the first six months that I was living there, um, uh, her husband, uh, Peggy, her husband, uh, ended up going into a nursing home. Um, She was going there every day. Um, It was just a hard time. She would ask me to do certain things, and I'd say, sure, I'd do it. But then I would run off and go fishing or do something else or kind of forget about it. And I remember one time she called me up. She said, I want to talk to you. She called me up. She sat me down, and she said, listen, Jeff, I'm not angry at you. I'm not mad at you, but I am disappointed in you. I've asked you to do certain things. You haven't said when you're going to do it. You haven't done them. I have a husband I'm trying to take care of. I don't have time to try to figure out when you're going to do it. And so you need to be committed To what you said you would do you need to tell me when you're going to do something when I ask you to do something and if you can't do that then you need to get out and I remember those words just really stung and and when I left there she said you need to let me know let me know in the next few days if you can keep your commitments. But by the time I got from her house down to where I was living down to the cottage, I was, when I left, I was mad and I was hurt and, and, and I was offended and all this stuff. By the time I got to my house, I felt like the Lord said, she's right. And, and you need to let your yes be yes, your no be no, you need to grow up And you need to tell her when you're going to do something, do it promptly, do it timely. And so the next day I went up and I apologized to her and I said, I will be here and I will do things. I lived there for another six years and we had a very close relationship. She was a very special person in my life. But you know how the Lord kind of grows you at certain times in your life? And that was like a big leap. And he was teaching me to be a servant. He's teaching me during that time to be a man of my word. And, and those are lessons that he continually is working in all of us. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I pray for you and for me, that all of us, that we would be men and women of our word. Because that's being lost today. And we would teach that to our children. So Jesus says, Listen. Do this, you'll be doing well. Verse 38, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, Do not turn away. So Jesus here, he's telling us that you resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, then turn the other to him. So is Jesus here telling us that we're to let people abuse us physically? Is he telling us that we're to allow people to assault us and take advantage of us? Uh, No, he's not at all. Uh, I don't believe so at all. Jesus hears, we look at this carefully, quoting from Exodus chapter 21 You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The law was given to judges during that time for fair judgment, to make sure that the punishment, the retaliation, did not occur beyond the offense. In other words, what can happen with us is, you know, you knocked out a tooth, so I'm going to knock out all your teeth. You poked me in the eye. I'm gonna come along, I'm gonna gouge out both your eyes. And when Jesus here says, when someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to him the other, I believe it is to be understood, to be an insult, not a physical attack, listen. Jesus is not saying that we should just let people physically abuse us, attack us, um, that we cannot defend ourselves, that there's no place for punishment in society or retribution in society. What the Lord is telling us this is that we should not be vindictive and vengeful, but we are to go the extra mile. We are to give the extra effort to maintain peace. We're to have the characteristics of humility and selflessness rather than focusing on getting even even or retaliation. And sometimes the Lord will call us to go the extra mile with someone because not only is he doing a work in us, but he's doing a work in that other individual or those people as well. And it isn't always easy to do. It has to be a work of the Lord. And there have been times in my life and in my ministry where the Lord had me turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. But there have been also times that I have faced that I've had to protect myself from somebody. I've had to protect myself from them who really wants to do harm, you know, not just physically, but, but in attacking and persecuting and harm to me personally, to my ministry or to my family Gossiping, slandering, coming against us with no cause and just wanting to do evil. There have been times where I've had to protect me, my family, and the church because as a pastor, as a shepherd, I am called to teach. I am called to to love and to feed the sheep, but I am also called to guard the sheep. And there are times where there have been those or, or certain things that come along that I need to guard and protect the church, and we're called to do that. And I believe that it takes real prayer, it takes real discernment, and it takes wisdom. But if I end up wanting to be all vengeful and and wanna retaliate, then I'm headed down the wrong road, rather than letting the Lord be in control and to guide and to work. So don't be all vengeful. I'm gonna knock their block off when I'm insulted, Or I'm going to retaliate and be vengeful in my life. Paul, as many of you know, the verse would write in chapter 12 of Romans, verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So we are to live peaceably with all men. And Paul puts in there, if possible. And I'm glad he puts that qualifier in there because sometimes it isn't possible. And what we are to do is be sensitive to the leading of the Lord, to be giving. And we are to be a witness to others as you go to extra mile with someone and seeking peace with them and and bringing them before the Prince of Peace. And if you think that was hard, let's continue on and read on in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So, Jesus says you don't have to hate back, but what you're to do is to love back, right? What we're to do as God's disciples, remember, he's talking to his disciples, a learner, a disciplined one, is that we are to demonstrate God's love to your enemies and you are to pray for them. Do you have a boss? Do you have a family member? Do you have a neighbor? someone else, that uh, they're nasty to you, they uh, respond to you in a negative way, in a harsh way, come down on you, then we are still to respond in God's love, in God's wisdom, and we are to pray for them. And we know that it's easy to love when someone is loving you back, when somebody pats us on the back, is good to us and honest with us and supports us. But what about the person who does come against us, who's nasty to us, who doesn't like that we're a Christian, who, who persecutes us to some degree. God has called us to a higher standard, not to hate, not to be bitter and full of anger, but allow him to work his love in us to pray for them. And, and praying for someone begins to, as I've already mentioned, change my heart And hopefully that they begin to see the reality of God in me, in the Christian, and it begins to change their heart. And Jesus, of course, he demonstrated this perfectly. Uh, I haven't, but he did. And he went to the cross. He was, you know, persecuted. He was, you know, uh, he was uh, a lamb that was led to the slaughter as he was uh, taken through uh, his body being broken in ways that we can't fully understand and hated and spat on and mocked as he was on that cross. But he did it because of his love for us. He did it because it was your sin and my sin that put him on that cross. And it was God's love that kept him on that cross, not just the nails that were in his hands and in his feet. And as he was there hanging between heaven and earth because of his love for you and for me, even though they mocked him and spat on him and beat him to where they couldn't recognize him any longer, that it was Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. The just absolute perfect love that he demonstrated. And I'll be honest with you, when I read these verses, turn the other cheek and give them your cloak and walk the extra mile, and love and pray for your enemies and those who curse you. What I think is, Lord, I can't do that. And the Lord says, I know. I know you can't. I know you can't do this on your own. But as you rely on me and as you look to me, that I'm going to work in you and through you by my spirit. And I think it's important for me to emphasize that because I'm not holy enough or strong enough to do these things, uh, to have the mindset, unless I am submitted to the Lord, allowing the Lord to work these things in me. It's the only way that, that we can move forward in being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, is to yield to him and allow him to do that work, because I can't do it in my own flesh. It's the only way that we can be good to those who hate us and spitefully use us and persecute us. But he continues in verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, uh, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. I read this and I think, be perfect? That means never be angry because it's equivalent to murder. Never lust because that would be equivalent to adultery. Never say anything more than yes or no without defending or explaining. Turn the other cheek when people are insulting me. Bless those who hurt me and hate me. Okay, I'll be perfect if I do those things. So here's what we need to remember, that God is setting forth his perfect standard in this sermon. It is God that sets forth his standard, not the scribes and the Pharisees, not us. God did not lower his standard to accommodate us. Instead, he set forth his absolute holiness as the standard. And as we trust in Jesus, as he takes up residency in me, we enjoy the righteousness of Jesus Christ and the righteousness of God being worked out in our lives day by day, moment by moment, more and more as we yield to him and we are submitted to him. And it is only by the grace of God and the working of God that we can do these things that we're told to do. The things that we're reading about. The law of God condemns us all, doesn't it? And Jesus says, I've come to fulfill the law. I didn't come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. In the way that he lived, he lived a perfect life. He fulfilled the law in the way that he died, and he took the penalty of our breaking the law because we do break the law. We fall short. We we are all lawbreakers. Nothing wrong with the law. That's God's perfect standard. The problem was with us. And that's why Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins. And then he also fulfills the law as he fulfills it by working in us, empowering us and directing us. You know, that's what makes uh, being a Christian so wonderful is that God comes along, the incarnation, the perfect life of Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, who fulfilled the law for us and went to the cross to die for our sins because we break the law. And, of course, as Galatians says that that the law is a schoolmaster to show that we can't keep it, that we're not righteous by the law, as Paul writes in the book of Romans, but it drives us to Jesus Christ who kept the law and fulfilled the law by going to the cross and dying for you and for me. And he was put into a tomb, and he rose again, and he's alive. And now we have a living hope. And maybe over the last few months as the pressure has mounted and things have gotten difficult, maybe you've just been one that um, attitudes have not been right and angry or upset or anxious, whatever the case might be, that the Lord loves you. He knows our frames. He knows but we're but dust. And he went to the cross to die for you. But as we come to him, And as we yield to the righteousness of Jesus Christ, imputed to us because of our faith in him, listen, he desires to take residency in us. We can't do any of these things. And then as we will go into chapter six next time, uh, we're going to stop here at the end of chapter five. He's going to continue to talk about these things that we can't do in our own energies, in our own flesh. But Lord, I do want to yield to you. So I can please you in my life. And Lord, walk in the spirit. And be conforming to the image of Jesus Christ more and more. He wants to do that work in us. And I know that he's been doing that work in us during this time. And he wants to continue. In our relationship with others. In the way that we live our lives. In the words that we speak to others. And he is going to be faithful as we yield to him. They day by day conform us into the image of Christ. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for this lesson. We thank you that we can be here. And, Lord, um, I'm very grateful for this body of believers here at Calvary Chapel. I thank you for their support. I thank you for their prayers. I thank you that, that we're still a church. Seeing people at the drive-through prayer and, and others picking up crafts for their kids and just words of encouragement. We do look forward next week to when we gather once again. And Lord, I, I pray that we would have wisdom, sensitivity, that we're loving one another. That, Lord, we want to be sensitive and keeping others as safe as possible, but, Lord, coming together. So speak to our hearts. And Lord, just guide us as we make the arrangements and set things up. And I know it's not going to be really you know, all that easy or it's going to take us some adjustments, but Lord, help us be patient with one another. Be sensitive to one another. May love be ruling in this place. And Lord, I pray for the pastors right now that are trying to make decisions. Some, I know, are planning on opening up. Some have already opened up and are having in-person services. There are those who are waiting and, and praying and discussing. But Lord, as we move forward, I just ask that you would just guide us in every way. And Lord, the church is so important The church is is incredibly important in the lives of people and in Christians and to be a light to this community, to our nation. Again, we pray for our nation. We pray that, that we have experienced such blessings. We experience it because of the sacrifice of many, those in the military, those in law enforcement that we've lifted up to you, Lord, in this service. And Lord, I pray that there would be a turning to you, truly. The hope of our nation is a revival, a great awakening in our leaders. I thank you that we have a president who deems churches as essential to open up, who's made that call, the leader of our land. But Lord, I pray that... um, that our leaders in Washington, in our state, in our community here would turn to you, look to you. Recognize that you are the one that's in authority on the throne. And Lord, I pray the church would be light, that we keep our focus on you because you have a grand plan. Lord, you have, you're working in these last days. It's all culminating to where Jesus will be on the throne when he comes to rule and reign, and then righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. And Lord, I do pray for those who have just gone through just difficulties and trials and and needs and confusion that I'm sure everybody has, uncertainty, that we would remember that you are not a God of confusion. You are a God of certainty, of stability, of truth. So comfort us, give us wisdom, give us discernment. Lord, as we continue to preach the good news of the gospel, the hope to the world, Jesus Christ came and died for our sins because we're all lawbreakers. So I want to pray if there's anyone listening here that you've never come to Christ, listen, being religious. The Sermon on the Mount is not a sermon so you can be a good person and make it to heaven. It is a sermon that causes us to realize that we need the Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus fulfilling the law in his life perfectly, how he lived, as if the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He fulfilled it by going to the cross and dying in place of us who are lawbreakers. As he took our sins upon himself. And the one who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of Jesus Christ through faith. And then he proved it by rising from the grave. He conquered sin and death. And he has a purpose for our lives, for every single one of us, even in the days in which we are in. We are valuable to him. That's why he went to the cross. So if you have never come to Jesus and cried out in the name of the Lord, the invitation is to come and believe in him, to confess that you're a sinner, in need of forgiveness, and he will forgive you sincerely as you call out to him and, and that you will come into right relationship with the Father and have the hope of heaven. You can do that right now. You can pray, Jesus, I come and I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I confess I'm a sinner and I believe you died on the cross for me. You rose again and you are alive. Speak into my heart and I ask that you sit upon the throne of my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you for saving me, forgiving me, and bringing me into the family of God in this new beginning. And I do want to know you and walk with you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. And listen, if you prayed that prayer, will you give us a call? Will you email us? We want to follow up. But Lord, I pray that you would just bless everyone this Memorial weekend. We look forward to when we get to see each other face to face. Be with those, Lord. Just bring comfort to those who Lord, have to be very careful. Give us wisdom in that, Lord, and that you would just work. So we just give it all to you, Lord, in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Wednesday night, the book of Jeremiah 7.